In today's show, we're talking Minnesota Timberwolves. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Just thought I'd give a quick update on things. I'm recording some of these shows in advance and out of order. So I'm recording this just after the news of Robert Williams' knee surgery has broken. But you would have heard me talk about it already on a mock draft show yesterday. So I don't need to talk about that. So it's a weird thing. I am recording these shows in advance because I am headed away for about five days. Just get a little bit of a break in at school holidays here before the season starts. So there will be some of these shows that I'm recording three, four, five days in advance. So if things do change with that team in that three, four, five day period, I do apologize. And then when we get back, we'll smash through all of the great content. Not that this isn't great content, but we'll get through these team previews uh, over the next couple of days. So we're here to talk Minnesota Timberwolves, of course. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk um, Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Invites are going out every day for different divisions. We're taking except exceptions? No, that's not the right word. We're taking um, applications. That's the right word for the Minnesota Timberwolves division today. In your subject line, you want to write Wolves, Cats, if you want in the Category League. Wolves, Points, if you want in the Points League. You can send separate submissions for both. It's way easier at the moment to get into the Points League because there are fewer applications every day. I uh, check the emails and there's like four to 500 new applications in there. So it is a tough process to get in, but I think it's going to be fun. It is a 360 team fantasy league with a final week Royal Rumble to determine the winner. It's $25 entry, nine category league or standard Yahoo scoring points league. These are hosted on fan tracks. There's acquisition limits. There's no trades. There's slow drafts. You email lofbbowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, you put Wolves Cats if you want in the Wolves Category League. You put Wolves Points if you want in the Wolves Points League. And then later on in the show, I will tell you something else to put in the body of the email. Chuck, whatever else you want in there. Someone sent me a photo of Bailey Smith for one of of the uh, emails. I went, you know what? You're in. You got me. You sucked me in. Bailey Smith is in. Uh, it wasn't Bailey Smith, but he, the person who sent me that photo is in one of the leagues. Just something that catches my attention will often get there because there's a lot of stuff that's going down. So get those emails in when. Don't send it right now because you need to know what the code word is. I give you the answer, but we'll get it later on just to make sure people are still listening and not just spamming through um, all of the individual shows to get in. That's what I want. All right, let's look at the schedule for the Wolves. It's honestly one of the worst fantasy schedules there is. That's rough. 49 quality games. That's below average. It's not horrendous, but it's below average, meaning that the Wolves have more games than most on the higher volume days. So less um, less openness on those uh, you know, national TV nights. 
They have 14 back-to-backs. That's above average. Not that there's anyone on this team that we're particularly worried about routinely sitting back-to-backs, but it's always more of an issue when injuries strike and players return from injuries. The more back-to-backs that you have, the more games that you miss. And then their fantasy playoff schedule is rough. For the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl and the end date that I recommend, March the 19th, it's a nine-game situation. 3-2-4 and the dreaded two-game week. If you end March 26th, they've got a nine-game playoff schedule as well. Two, four, and three. That's not quite as bad because if you've got a first-round bye, that two-game first week doesn't matter. But if you do finish on Yahoo default, April 2nd, it's 11 games. Much better. Four, three, four. It's probably the only redeeming factor about their entire playoff schedule. Um, so it's rough. It's rough here for the Wolves from a schedule um, a schedule situation. Um, all right, let's look at pressure points. What impacts the projections? Well, there's a big one there, isn't it? It's the addition of Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is a huge addition. Not because he's good, because he is, but it means that Kyle Anthony Towns now plays a different position. And I guess you could argue at times last season, Towns was playing power forward with Vanderbilt as the functional center. But now it's almost, well, it's not quite full-time, but it's a lot more time that he was playing there last season. So how does the Towns-Gobert pairing work? I am on record, and I'll be on record again, as saying I'm a little bit worried about Towns' production. I think he's copying it from two angles. Gobert coming in, pushing him to power forward more, means lower rebound numbers, lower block numbers, probably lower field goal percentage because he's taking more threes. It might mean he hits more threes. But then on the other side, there's Anthony Edwards stepping up, meaning Edwards' usage probably rises, and that might mean Towns' usage takes a hit. And I know what people go, well, Towns is a constant top 10 guy. He's a top five or seven guy. You over you know, over um, estimate the impact. Over the final three months of last season, he was 14th. Before Gobert arrived, he was 14th. He saw that usage plummet. Not, well, it, it did plummet, 27.6, because it had been at 29, 28, 29 the three years prior to that. He only blocked one shot a game. Like, if that goes to under a block, it's possible. This is a guy that you might not look at as a first-round player. And in fact, I think he's more of a turn player, 12-13, than a locked top eight player. Now, I guess the absence of good centers and with Robert Williams going down, not the Towns is a big block guy, but with uh, Rob Williams going down, it does, and the uh, uncertainty around Porzingis and the injury to Jaron Jackson, it, it does give Towns a little bit of a boost there. But to say that he's an absolute top 10, top 7 lock, I don't think he's correct. And again, he ended last season not as a first-round guy. That's not true, sorry. The end of last season, over the final two, three months post-All-Star break, he was not a first-round player. He was over the course of the year, but I'm a little bit worried about how that pairing goes. And then, as I said, offensive hierarchy. Is Towns still that guy? Or is it Edwards now? Is Edwards the number one player? And people are drafting Edwards with the expectation that he is. I'll talk more about my thoughts on Edwards later on. But that's something to watch. And then they're going to have to, with Vanderbilt gone, Jaden McDaniels needs to take on a larger role. A lot of people were excited about him as a flyer type last season. I less so was excited because I didn't think he was going to have that opportunity. And then he was actually probably worse than I expected. 191st ranked player, played 26 minutes, but he's probably going to be starting. Yes, there is Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson there, but I think McDaniels is going to start. But is he ready to take on 30 minutes? I don't think he's going to be the best fantasy option. 
In fact, I think he's more of a last-round guy who will get overdrafted because people do get excited about some of his tools, but I'm just not sure that the upside is necessarily there. But he's got to be ready. Like, he's got to be ready to take on a larger role. Uh, and if he doesn't, it leads to just mess with him and Prince and Anderson um, all cutting into each other's playing time and potential potential production. That is the word that I am trying to say because I am a professional broadcaster. BetOnline is also a professional opportunity, option, website for all of your f- sports betting. And more importantly, at this point in the season, Football needs. BetOnline.net gives you all the pro and college football betting action that you need. Find all the latest football developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including all of the week three action. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. What game should we look at? What about the Vikings? Kirk Cousins going to be throwing like his helmets on backwards again this week? They are six-point favorites over the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions. Screw you, Minnesota. Let's go Detroit. You can find out all those odds, though, over at Bet Online, And it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to check in and learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Breakout candidates. Two guys, similar names. Jaden McDaniels. I think we'll talk about him more this season. I think he'll improve his production. He'll play more minutes. I think there's some people who... And I know Mitch Casey's a big fan of McDaniels taking this big leap forward. Uh, I'm not as interested. I'm not as sold on that. I think he's going to play better. But are there enough shots for him? Can he become a reliable enough three-point shooter? And can he actually become a guy that generates defensive stats? Because so far, he hasn't. He hasn't been that guy. He's not a passer. He's not a volume scorer. He's not going to get rebounds. How many block attempts is he actually going to get with Townsend Gobert out there? So there is an opportunity for him to play more minutes and to become more known. And if this team becomes good and wins 60 games, an actual legitimate possibility, he's going to have to play a part in it. The other guy who I think is one of the most underrated players in the entire NBA is Jalen Noel. Jalen Noel is a starting caliber wing player, point guard, ball handler. He will come off the bench. He will get, like we saw Malik Beasley in that role last season. I think that Noel can push... And he should push for 25 minutes a night. I don't know. I don't know if he'll get it every night, but he can score. He can hit threes. He can pass. I think he's got some defensive potential. I think that he is someone who, with the absence of Beverly, the absence of Beasley, Bomaro, not that he was a big impact guy, but a guy that was yeah, there as guard depth. Noel is going to have to, I think, do more this season and really, really step it up. He's a key part of what they do. And it sounds crazy to say that Jalen Noel is a key part for the Wolves, but he is. First guard off the bench, him and McLaughlin will be running that second unit. There is Austin Rivers there. Hopefully he doesn't get the minutes. But I think Noel is a guy that people are going to step up and go, oh, oh yeah, he's actually good. And we should be maybe looking to get him. He's only 23 as well. Um, And he's an uh, upcoming unrestricted free agent. So it's a big, big opportunity for teams to look at Noel or for the Wolves to play him in a bigger role and for him to really break out into the national international consciousness. Fantasy sleepers and busts for this team? I'm not going to lie to you. There's not much going on because I think nearly all of their players are ranked probably about right. I could say that Towns is ADP at eight on Yahoo. His X rank on Yahoo at six is too high. By the way, 
ESPN have updated their points league rankings at the time of me recording this. Categories weren't up yet. Um, it, it's better, they've at least ranked rookies, but there's still a bunch of guys who are just completely out of things. And in all of these preview shows, I've been speaking about ESPN's ADP, not their rankings. So where guys have been drafted in that, ADP will start to move now that rankings have adjusted. But there's still guys like Jalen Smith, who's not in their top 200. Trey Jones, who's not in their top 200. Um, Herb Jones, who's not in their top 200. So there's still some stupidity going on with some of those rankings. You know, I, I could tell you that yeah, Towns at 10 is too high, but his ADP on ESPN Towns, he's 13. I think that's about right. I could tell you that Anthony Edwards' ADP on Fantrax at, you know, well, sorry, on Yahoo at 25 is, it's fine. It's not a sleeper. It's not a bust. His ADP on Yahoo, on ESPN, people say, well, at 37, that's too long. I go, yeah, maybe it isn't. I think it's actually okay for category leagues. I think all of the ADPs that I can see for these Wolves players at the moment Seem pretty spot on. I think in an ESPN points league, Edwards at 37 is too low. Edwards was 44th in ESPN points leagues last season. I I do think that he can be better than that and get you at plus 40 and become like a top 30 guy. But yeah, it's not a huge thing. I think there is just some value in Edwards in a points league. In category leagues, I'm going to talk a bit more later. He is going too early for me, Edwards. He's going top 20 in a lot of mock drafts. And he was 44th last season. What What is going to happen? Like, how is he going to, Anthony Edwards? I probably should play the song, shouldn't I? Where is it? Like, he averaged 21, 5, and 4 last season. 1.4 steals. They're really good numbers. How does he take that? to become top 20. Well, I think he's going to score 25 points a game. Five rebounds. It'll be hard to get more rebounds. Five assists. Yep. 1.4 steals. I think he'll improve his shooting. But will he improve his shooting enough to be a top 20 player? I just, I don't know. I don't I don't see guaranteed top 20 player. And he is going, I've seen him go up 15. It's really, really high. Is he a bust? I don't think so. And I don't actually think there's anyone who's a bust on this team. But yeah, that ADP that Edwards has at 20 on fan tracks, it's edging too high for me. To me, he's more of a, yeah, at best case scenario, turn of the second, third round, but probably more third round player. And if he finishes the season 35th, much like you know, Donovan Mitchell was like 44th for four years of his career, what, what's different there about what Mitchell does versus what Edwards does? We'll love him. We'll love the, how exciting he is and the potential to grow. But does he have the fantasy game to be the top 20 player that he's being drafted at? And I am yet to be 100% convinced. The value that he brings in scoring is there, and I think he's going to take a leap forward, four or five extra points per game. But I'm not sure that's enough to go from 44 to 18. I'm not sure that's enough. I'd need to see 1.7 steals. I'd need to see six assists. I'd need to see 49% shooting. Maybe he gets to 49. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we get the um, free throw attempts moved to seven per game and he hits him at 84. That is all possible. But you are expecting a lot for that to be the case. I'm projecting big steps forward in efficiency, in free throw attempt rate, in scoring, even in assists. And I still can't get him into the top 30. Happily take him there, but my actual number projections don't put him there. And that, that, that's a risk. It's a risk. 
it's a fun risk, but it's a risk. Yeah, I don't think Gobert is going at like 26. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Again, the absence of Rob Williams, getting blocks, it's bloody hard. And you saw in my who to draft in the first round video where I paired guys up that I'd be happy to take Gobert end of the second round on the right team, pairing with Giannis even, or, or Luca. Luca and Doncic, I think, is a really good... Or Luca and Gobert is a really good pairing. Yeah, because you've got to understand... That's for head-to-head category leagues. You've got to understand the, the free-throw impact and how you can get around that. But overall on this team, everyone's sort of in the right spot. Edwards might push too high, and it's trending that way. But everyone's sort of in the right spot. Upside flyer picks, last round guys. McDaniels, if he's there. Yes, I did a video on your 20 guys to pick in the in the last round the other day, and someone put a comment saying, what about Kyle Anderson? And Kyle Anderson might give you a top 140 value. But there's no upside in that. I don't think he's worth grabbing with that last pick. I don't think that he's going to play 30 minutes a night. I don't think he's going to play 27 minutes a night. So I don't think there's upside in that. Yeah, I would much rather take a flyer on Jalen Noel and hope that he gets the Malik Beasley 28 minutes a night off the bench and pushes to top 110, top 100 maybe, than take Kyle Anderson, who will be battling Prince and McDaniels for some of those minutes and probably doesn't have the highest upside. Yeah, I take McDaniels over Noel, but I take Noel over Anderson or over Prince. Is there a chance that Anderson starts over McDaniels? Slim, but I don't really see that. I don't really see that, unfortunately, for him. So let's look at the roster. We haven't spoken about D'Angelo Russell, a player who garners some unnecessary hate, but also some unnecessary uh, Dutch ruddering Danish backhands. Some of the stuff I see about D'Angelo Russell is literally insane. But I think he's can be underrated. I also don't know that he's got the value to be anything higher than like a top 15 NBA point guard. Russell probably sees a little bit more in assist rate this season with Beverly gone. Probably a little bit more there. But his field goal percentage is going to be the issue. Now, the automatic assumption is, well, you get different players in and that always just bumps up field goal percentage. And that is just something that I have not found to be a blanket case. And I don't think the arrival of Gobert makes things so much easier offensively for Russell. It might make it easier for him to get assists through lobs, but how much offensive attention is Gobert drawing? I would suggest that losing Beasley, losing Beverly, might actually make offenses focus more on Russell than what they would have before. Point guards and assists in general can be hard to find, so that does give him a little bit of a boost in that sixth round area. ADP 66 on Yahoo. I think he's 78 ADP. is probably too high or too low. How do you want to say it? I think it should be in a number that's uh, smaller than that. I think he should go around earlier. He's ADP on ESPN 64, which again is is about right. But if you wanted to reach a bit higher because you needed assists, no problem. In points leagues, he's right on the money as well in that 60 to 70 range. Really good value. I don't really see it going higher than that, but it's really good. Edwards, I just spent a lot of time talking about him. Jaden McDaniels, I think he's like an 11th or 12th round player who you might see slides around 13. But what is he bringing? He's not going to get rebounds. He hasn't shown an ability to be a steals and blocks guy yet and getting blocks on this team. How many times are they going to go, well, let's get Gobert on the perimeter so McDaniels can protect the rim? Very, very unlikely, I would suggest. He hasn't shown an ability to be a passer or a high-volume three-point shooter. Maybe there's a chance to break out. 
which I said, I think there is a chance for him to be become better, but I'm not sure there's a chance for the fantasy numbers to go through the roof. And we spoke about Towns already, the impact of Gobert, the rebound drop, the field goal drop, the block drop, and maybe a usage drop from Edwards. Well, the threes should go up for sure. I think this might be the year that Towns does not finish in the top 12. He might, but I think he's closer to 12 than he is to five. And then there's Gobert. Again, just, I don't really think much changes. He loses maybe a rebound, but blocks should be fine. Field goal should be fine. He'll still be bad in free throws. He is 30. Is he going to start to drop a little bit? Maybe. Will this be a Wolves team that uses him offensively a little bit more? I don't, I don't really think so. So I just don't see much changing. For some teams, he'll be hard to draft because of the free throw. For others, they'll love him as a second round player. And he's obviously much better in category leagues than he is in points leagues, where he's probably more of a late late third, early fourth in points leagues, whereas in category leagues, he'd be late second, early third. And that's probably the difference there. Kyle Anderson, again, I think he can be top 150. We've seen it before. He played 22 minutes a night only last season. I think that goes up. But I don't think he's playing 29. And I don't think he's anywhere near close to top 100 upside. He's a good player. He's a really good player. And he will fill a good role on this team. But I'm not sure that's enough to draft for 12-teamers. He's more of a 14-team league guy. There's Noel, who we've spoken about. You know, he could, could he average 15 points per game, Jalen Noel? I think that's possible with two threes, three and a half assists. That has value. And that's why we look at him as maybe an upside last round pick. McLaughlin is going to have to be the backup point guard because otherwise it's Austin Rivers or Bryn Forbes, unless they want Noel as a point guard, which maybe they should. McLaughlin, when Russell sits, when Russell's hurt, McLaughlin has fantasy value because he generates assists and he gets steals. And if you're in a weekly league situation, a roto league situation with extended benches, having that guy where you might get 20 games out of him of starting value, where he averages seven assists, that's really useful. And as soon as you see something happen to Russell, you grab McLaughlin. You probably grab Noel as well. And there's Torian Prince, who we're still waiting to see the outcome of some legal stuff with him. So I think he was caught with weapons in his car, which is obviously not great, but I don't... Was it weapons or drugs? I don't know. Apologies for getting that wrong. Um, we don't know if there's going to be any impact there, but Torian Prince is Torian Prince, right? He is not going to be playing a large enough role. Like Even when he played a large enough role in Atlanta... He struggled because he just couldn't do it efficiency-wise and no defensive stats came. He probably doesn't play 20 minutes here. But people still seem to look at him as a really useful player because he looks like he gives huge effort defensively and is a good defender, and he isn't. He profiles as someone who can be a good shooter because he shoots, but they don't always go in. I don't know. I think he's, I think he's overrated. Naz Reed's an interesting fantasy player who, whenever Towns would need a spell, he would step in and put up good numbers. But... Now, if Towns or Gobert are out, it won't be Reed, I wouldn't expect, who steps in first. Because if Gobert is out, Towns plays center. If Towns is out, then you get Anderson probably starting and next to McDaniels. And Reed will be, on most nights, not really an every-night rotation player, I would guess. Which is a bummer. Just watch for him if he ends up on another team. Josh Minot, rookie. I don't think we'll see much from Minot. I think he's got a really interesting fantasy game. I think Jared Vanderbilt with a little bit more offensive upside, probably worse as a rebounder, but can be uh, a very interesting player. Probably just won't be this season. And then you've got two of the most annoying and worst fantasy guards possible. Bryn Forbes and Austin Reeves. Denver legends, brought across from Tim Connolly. Um, but they are players who, even if they play 30 minutes a night, you don't want to touch them in fantasy. 
They might get rotation minutes here, which might impact Noel. But at this point, like Forbes is a one-dimensional shooter and Rivers is a one-dimensional coach's son. I don't, I don't really know what Rivers is doing at this point in his career. They've got Nathan Knight, who, again, at times has shown an ability as a backup center, but he's so far down the depth chart here. They brought in Eric Paschal, the triangle and a two-way. Remember the remember the Dutch riders he got when he was with the Warriors? It's why context is always important. It's why you know look at a lot of these things. Like, oh, this might be it for him. Dynasty-wise, it might go down because I don't look at him as a good player, but he was forced into a lot of shots and a lot of minutes on a tanking team with a lot of injuries. So all those numbers, well, he put up 15 and 7 on, you know, on, on this team, and this was great. Yeah, that's fine. But then like he was out of the rotation. He couldn't do anything in Utah, and now he's a two-way guy here. I, I don't see him as an NBA player. Wendell Moore was a first-round guy, probably limited in playing time here behind Prince and Anderson and McDaniels. An older guy as a rookie. He is 21 already, but he does have an ability to be a passer from the wing. I'm just not sure about everything else. And then there's AJ Lawson as a two-way. They also did just sign PJ Dozier. There's CJ Allaby. There's Luca Gaza who are on this roster. At this point, they don't have roster spots for them, but they are all there as well. And that is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And now it's time for me to tell you what to add in for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Left this one late. All right, what should we, Shad, what should we do? Bryn Forbesy Forbes is on this team. One of the worst fantasy players you'll find in the NBA. Bryn Forbes played 17 minutes a game last season. The question is, where did he rank in category leagues? The answer is 343rd. Drop that in your body of your email for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Bryn Forbes was 343rd last season. And now, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up. Drop those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.